This is a CNIB Foundation podcast. Our first guest today is Annabelle Ford. Welcome to the podcast, Annabelle, and thank you for joining the conversation. Thank you for having me. Before we begin, please tell us something about yourself and perhaps your relationship uh, with the CNIB. Sure. Um, I work as a web developer. Uh, I've been at the same company for about 13 years now. And I would say maybe two or three years ago, I started to volunteer at the CNIB as a reviewer. So I review the narrations that have been completed week to week, and it's something that I really enjoy. Uh, Pretty much every week for two hours, I get to listen to new books, and sometimes I even kind of pick up some books to add to my reading list. So it's it's, it's an enjoyable experience, and I feel like I'm helping people get access to books and reading, which is something I love. Mm-hmm. And it, yeah, it is enjoyable, isn't it, to be able to sort of sample a wide variety oh, of yeah. books? It is. It is. It's really good. Because sometimes I'm exposed to genres that I normally wouldn't read. Like there were some times when I have to review poetry or there were sports books, which I never thought I would be interested in, but it actually was. It was about hockey, and I'm like, it's a subject that I never would have read on my own, but just listening to it for two hours, I became pretty engaged. So I, I like that ability to help people, but at the same time, you know, add to my, accumulate to my, my, lead, my, my reading list. So I like that too. That's exactly my experience as a narrator as well. Mm-hmm. I get to narrate books I ordinarily would not read. Yeah. So now we're talking about science fiction, Mm -hmm. and I understand you're an enthusiast. Yes. So let's start with a definitional question. What is science fiction to you? To me, science fiction is about looking forward um, to the future of either people or of the planet or of humanity as a whole. Um, I liked that particular genre because it causes me to stretch my imagination. So it takes me out of the current day to life, you know, 2019 life, and suddenly I'm in, you know, 10 years, 100 years, 1,000 years in the future, and I'm looking around, and I'm through the stories, I'm exposed to what life is like. Um, and in the genres that I, I particularly like, sometimes it's still grounded in today, but it's like an alternate version of the future. So I can explore all these different alternate versions of, of the future that could be. Um, from the safety of my home, basically. Yes. What, what, what first got you hooked on science fiction? Was it a book, a movie, a television series? What originally drew you in? Well, when I was younger, um, well, first of all, I've always loved to read. I've always been a reader. It didn't matter what it was, whether it was like the back of a cereal box. I'm reading everything. And as I got older and I, and I went from the kiddie section of the library to the more adult section, suddenly I, was, I had so much more at my disposal to explore. So I think it was more just picking up a science fiction book out of curiosity. And I believe one of the first ones I read was like an alien invasion. So aliens came to Earth and, you know, started to destroy things. And how do people survive and fight back and against the aliens? And it was really engaging and exciting for me. And so it became a genre that I started to read more and more and more of. The classics like Isaac, uh, Isaac Asimov. Yeah, Asimov. Yes. Yeah, and started mm-hmm. to kind of start from there and then just branch out into all sorts of different genres within the same science fiction space. But there was a, that central theme that interested you was uh, dystopias or, or alien yeah. invasions, something like that. Yeah, definitely. So mm-hmm. I think one of the earlier books that I had read was Z is for Zachariah. Mm-hmm. And that was a book that was set sort of after like a nuclear war or a nuclear holocaust and it focused on a girl who was a survivor and how she managed to exist day to day in a 
protected valley, protected area where she kind of had to function on her own because her family was gone. And it kind of put me in the position of that girl and like, okay, what was life like for her and what happened when she found a survivor? It was all very interesting and kind of exciting and made me think of an alternate version of the future that we could possibly have. And I just started to read more and more books within that genre. And that became sort of the the genre that I enjoy reading the most. Hmm. You, know, you know, the genre of, of science fiction is one of the most widespread, universal, and, and, and influential. Why do you think science fiction is so popular? I think it just sparks the imagination um, for readers, especially, I mean, you don't even have to be technically inclined, but just the type of subgenres um, are so vast that even if you have a particular interest, um, maybe you're interested in Victorian, um, you know, England, for example, there's the steampunk genre that can apply within science fiction. Or maybe if you like military novels, well, there's military science fiction. If you like, you know, aliens or <laughs> you're interested in, in life outside of our planet, there's all sorts of alien invasion or alien life or societies um, that can be discussed or written about in, in that genre. So, so, so it's adaptable to just about anything uh, an individual might be interested in. Yeah, I would say it's 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 a very adaptable genre, and it's there's no I guess there's no limit. You know, you're only limited by your imagination. And as we you know, as society moves forward with technology, you can start to even see parallels. Things that people wrote about maybe twenty, fifty years ago. Sometimes there's hints of that in the things that we're doing today, or the technology that we have access to, access to. Today, so in some ways, it can even be predicting the future at the same time. You know, so the relationship. How do you see the relationship then between science fiction and culture? Well, from what I observe, I think maybe science fiction as a genre might have been sort of a thing that um, I won't say like nerds liked, but it was kind of it maybe wasn't as popular as it was or as it is right now. But I probably would say that. With more specialized TV shows, um, it's probably becoming more and more popular and more and more mainstream. Mm -hmm. And going back to that whole idea of subgenres, it doesn't matter what your particular interest is. You'll usually be able to find some subgenre within science fiction that can appeal to you. And that also can make it more popular and more accessible to people. You find that any science fiction has a spiritual dimension to it? It probably is. I haven't come across it myself, but um, I suppose what I, I like the idea behind science fiction is that it takes you out of the, your current world. Like we live in one planet, you know, in a huge solar system, and depending on the types of stories that a person may like to read in science fiction, you could travel throughout the universe, like anywhere um, within the universe or anywhere in the future. And it can provide a way to expand your view of the world of the universe and take you beyond kind of your mortal body and your fixed, you know, lifespan and and make you think or, or imagine um, things that are greater than that. It has a long history. That, mm -hmm. uh, I believe an ancient Roman writer by the name of Lucian actually wrote about a voyage to the moon. Oh, wow. Yeah, so, so that sort of wonder mm -hmm. seems to go way, way back. Yeah. Um, we, we've already seen examples in our present day of how science fiction has influenced the future. Mm -hmm. Do you think that could still happen? This, this sort of visionary, imaginative writing, could it shape the future? I think so. And I think one almost feeds into the other. So 
um, people can still take the technologies, the things that we are developing today, and use it as a jumping off point for the next set of science fiction that's created in the future. And then um, in the future, the things that we end up building or creating or the new technologies that we developed could be inspired by the science fiction that was written, you know, during um, those earlier times. So I think they can kind of feed off of or maybe bounce off of each other. Now, apparently a number of scientists became interested in science because of science fiction. Yeah. Carl Sagan, for one. Uh, he was an enthusiast of Edgar Rice Burroughs, mm -hmm. uh, the, the, the man who authored Tarzan, mm -hmm. right? Um, but it got him interested in the entire field of science. Do, do you know, who are your favorite science fiction writers? I would say um, mm -hmm. some of my favorite would be um, John Varley, um, for sure, Peter F. Hamilton. Though, I would say those are the the authors where I'll more likely follow or, or pick up a book that they've written. But other than that, I'm more interested in the genre than the specific author because if a book looks interesting or I've heard good reviews about it, I'll want to read it regardless of whether I'm familiar with the author or not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is, do you have a favorite book, one, one that you seem to go back to? Um, <clears throat> let me think. I wouldn't say that necessarily I have a single favorite book, but how I distinguish between books that I really like is whether or not I buy and keep them because I tend to buy books and I tend to keep the ones that I really think I might reread or I just mm -hmm. want to hold on to them just because I have a good memory of them or I might want to go back and read a specific passage again because I just remember being struck by it. Mm -hmm. um, that's more how I kind of define a favorite book rather than ones that well, I will sort of generally go back to and reread the full book over and over again. Well, in preparation for our interview, I looked at a, a couple of titles you mentioned mm -hmm. in an email, and perhaps we could pick at least one and, and have you tell us something about it and perhaps why you would recommend it to us. You, you mentioned the re reality dysfunction, mm -hmm. correct? A Wild Cards. Mm -hmm. Let me see. There was another title here, too. Ah. The War Against the Couture. Mm -hmm. um, which of those three would you like to talk to us about today? I'd actually like to talk about a different one. Oh, okay. If that's Let, possible. Let's go for it. Because um, <clears throat> the genre that I particularly like is um, post-apocalyptic science fiction. Mm -hmm. And one book that I enjoyed reading within that genre is called Moonseed um, mm -hmm. by Stephen Baxter. And why I like that book is because it really talks about the end of the world and the way that it's triggered is almost by accident. It's just like someone takes, um, I think it was some rocks that had been found on the moon that were contaminated with something in particular. And in order to impress a girl, I believe it was, he, he, was <laughs> what taking, else? he wanted to show it to a, a girl that he wanted to impress. So he stole it from a lab. Um, a particular mm. scientist did this and she wasn't interested and he ended up just tossing it on the ground because he had no use for it anymore, and that those rocks started to contaminate the earth, and long story short, it destroys the entire planet. But in between that... <laughs> <laughs> it was very interesting until everything <laughs> went yeah. sideways, right? <laughs> but what I liked about that story is it had a combination of both the human interest, so following specific characters as they journeyed through and tried to survive and tried to find a fix and how are we going to save humanity, with the actual 
destruction of the Earth itself and how they describe the um, the planet as it starts to slowly almost tear itself apart. Mm-hmm. And I just found it really engrossing that marriage between the individual stories and then just kind of the global event and wondering, oh gosh, is anyone going to survive? Like, what's going to happen to to humanity as a whole? Um, that 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 was a book that I really enjoyed. Yeah, well, well we don't want any spoiler alerts here, but uh, mm. you know, so I won't ask you how it ends. Okay. We'll, we'll let we'll let the the listeners read mm-hmm. this book. Uh, so, and it's called Moonseed by yeah. Stephen Baxter. Yeah, correct. What what do you think um, attracts you? To the post-apocalyptic genre? I partially think it's because I'm a pessimist. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm always expecting the worst, but like based, like grounded in reality. But I think it's also, um, I'm just interested in, in humanity as a whole. Like when we are faced with these types of global disasters, world-ending disasters, how do we cope? How do we survive? Do we tear ourselves apart? Do we pull ourselves together? Are we able to, you know, use whatever means we have to make a leap and, and get humanity off this planet into the into space, into another planet to to preserve our species? I just like um I like those thoughts and I like reading about how authors interpret those ideas and what they come up with, both as the cause of the end of the world mm-hmm. and also um how humanity survives if we survive. Mm-hmm. Because we have challenges now that uh, are not far removed from science fiction with global warming and mm-hmm. and, and superbugs that are now uh, absolutely immune to whatever antibiotics uh, we possess mm-hmm. at present. Um, and we have a population on this planet mm-hmm. that has increased dramatically. <clears throat> I'll just say when I was born quite some time ago, the population was 2.5 billion. It's now 7.6. It's projected that in 2050, it will be 10 billion people. That comes with a lot of challenges. Yeah. So, um, And that's what I like about this genre because it doesn't always have to be something external like a meteor hitting the planet or aliens landing on the planet. We can actually be their own cause of our own destruction. And the, the question still stands, how do we survive? How do we cope? How do we recover? How do we still manage to exist mm-hmm. um, into the future? Um, those questions still stand regardless of how um, the destruction or the end comes about. So will we evolve quickly enough to cope? Yeah. And some of the books that, I, that I've read or that I like to read, um, the, the, that threat is a catalyst. So that's what forces humanity as a whole to suddenly, okay, we need to get faster than light ships or we need to find ways to get more people off the planet all at once. And we have to learn how to terraform other planets really quickly because there's only so many years or decades left. It really becomes that push that that forces um, the population of the Earth to either band together or to come up with really, really creative solutions to save us, to save our species. Yeah, the, the uh, philosopher Bertrand Russell once uh, said that uh, the only thing he thought would unite humanity would be an alien invasion. Mm-hmm. Now, it doesn't necessarily have to be uh, an alien invasion, it's something external. You just mentioned it can be something internal mm-hmm. that would uh, cause us to unite as, as a species, yeah. right? Very, very interesting stuff. Is, is there another book perhaps you would recommend in that genre that you like? 
Um, another one that I read was The White Plague by Frank Herbert. And this is one where the um, the disaster that happened was more kind of biological warfare. And it didn't destroy humanity. It just kind of like wiped out most of the women on the planet. Um, oh, <laughs> so that's another one where it's like, okay, well, what happens to the women that do exist? What happens to the rest of humanity? How do we survive? Um, I think that was one of the earlier books that I read, so I don't remember the details of that clearly. But I just thought the, the concept of like, oh, okay, what happens as a species when part of our, our, our um, well, half of the world um, is no longer there or is radically reduced in number. And what changes will that result in in society so that we can continue to, to exist and to survive into the future? Yeah, the, 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 it is a genre that interests me as well. Mm-hmm. You know, how does one cope? Uh, uh, does one rise to the challenge or collapse? Yeah. Those are the two alternatives. Yeah. And through those novels, the, the authors are able to come up with a variety of sort of creative solutions. Another one that I started to read but I haven't quite finished yet is called uh, Sevenses by Neil Stevenson. And so this is another book where it starts off as um, an external sort of force. Um, I think it's like um, something happens, I believe it's to the moon, and it um, there's um, I think maybe it explodes or is hit by something, and then there's a lot of particles that hit the earth. Anyway, it basically results in earth being destroyed. And although they are successful in getting um, large numbers of people off planet into um, spaceships, basically, to try to survive the fallout of the earth and perhaps recover the species as a, as a whole in the future, the nature of people is that they self-destruct, they fight each other, they kind of war with each other, and in the end, there's only about seven women who survive. And so in order to extend the species, they use, I believe it's cloning, they start to clone themselves. Um, and so the part that I got to the story is, is basically to that point where they decide, that, okay, the only way we can survive is to clone ourselves. And then I believe the book jumps a couple, maybe 100 years into the future and describes what happens to the world that's created from those seven women. So that's a book that I'm interested to see. Okay, well, you know, you've come up with this creative solution, basically have no choice. What happens then? What's the ramifications of those decisions that have been made, you know, generations before? I'm sorry, I am curious. So what did happen? <laughs> I still haven't, I haven't finished the book yet. So I got up to that point, um, but I couldn't, I, didn't, I just didn't have the time to, to finish it. But um, I also, I'm also very curious to know... <laughs> Well, you have me intrigued. All right, so they've done all this cloning. Mm-hmm. So what does society look like 100 years from now? From yeah. then, you know? Yeah. And what was the title of the book again? The book was called Sevens, Seven Eves. That's what it was, sorry. Seven Eves by Se- Neil Stevenson. Seven Eves by Neil Stevenson. That's, mm-hmm. I'm sure our listeners will be looking that up. Mm-hmm. You know, so many science fiction books have been made into movies. Do you think that Ultimately, movies might replace science fiction novels, or is the written word here to stay? I think the written word mm. is here to stay. So whether people are reading the books or listening to audiobooks, um, there's something about being able to create those images in your own mind rather than having them spoon-fed to you through movies, mm-hmm. which I think will always there will always be a demand for that, um, just because sometimes movies just can't even capture visually um, what a person can create and imagine in their mind. Right. Excellent. You know, I felt the same way about the old radio plays, mm-hmm. is that you, you create 
everything in your mind. Mm-hmm. That's what, well, that was a phrase, the, you know, the theater of the mind, yeah. you know, you create it. And, and when you see it actually visually represented, it loses something. Mm-hmm. So I believe you're right. There is something the written word can give us that certainly no film can, yeah. right? And, uh, and finally, you know, what do you think you read next? What, what has anything caught your attention that you want to read next? Well, I definitely want to, definitely want to finish um, edit. Sorry, I definitely want to finish Seven Eves because yeah, where I left off, it was just it's just the brink of something that I think is going to be really exciting to see how it finishes, and then I'm just open for um, just to see what else is out there. That like, there's a bunch of different sites. Sometimes I'll search. Um, for post-apocalyptic science fiction and different reading lists will come up and I'll just start to add to my reading list just to see, okay, well, maybe this one looks interesting, that one looks interesting. So I don't have anything specific in mind yet except to finish to finish that book. Well, you know what? This is going to be a continuing series, I'm sure. A lot of interest has been generated because of this series on uh, that we are now uh, running on, on science fiction. So once you've read that book, mm-hmm. perhaps you'll come back and talk to us about it. Yeah, I'd love to. Yeah. Well, th- thank you so much for being with us today. Uh, I really appreciate your contribution. It has been a pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. For more CNIB Foundation podcasts, visit cnib.ca podcasts.